A long and northern mountain pass, a very special train, blues along the track at a slow pace through a heavy rainstorm. While there are many other tracks through these mountains, passes with many other trains, this train has its own, but that no others can ride on. Five times a week, the Griffin Express moves between New York City and the Griffin Valley. Never has there been a problem. The trip is always swift. The train is always on time. For reasons yet unknown, this night things are very different. It looks as if, for the first time ever, the Griffin Express will not meet its schedule. The blackness of the night is broken by irregular flashes of lightning which illuminate the unusual heavy rain, a train's exceptional slow progress. The woodland around the mountain is dark and deep, as the lights from the train reach out their unknown eyes, reflecting back, watching as the train passes. Talk of explosions and fire on the tracks ahead is heard across the engineer's radio. He's not sure what to make of it. No other train is allowed on his, on his track. Communications are garbled. The engineer is uncertain. The radio noise is about his track or some other. He calls for the information, but receives no instructions from the dispatchers. So he continues slow and cautiously. The man is very upset. This is completely unheard of. For the first time ever, his train will not be on time. The passengers have more than noticed the slow pace of the train. They keep up their complaints to the conductor. Many doubt they will make it to the valley by morning. A few harass the train employees. Most just stare out into the darkness, the heavy falling rain, amused by the reflections of the lightning off the sides of the mountain. Into the train car enters a lonely young woman carrying a long cloak. She quickly glances at the other passengers with a certain amount of apparition. On her face, then watches the relentless flashes of light from outside as she finds her seat. She is tall, her hair is red, her eyes are ice and blue and sparkle. Almost measurably with each flare of lightning that fills the car. She sits down, just like everyone else begins to glaze into the darkness. To everyone who notices her face is filled with worry. The train the woman whispers complaints to herself about how Slow the train is. She mumbles on a reflection in the window about the rumours she had heard on the platform before the train left New York. In all fairness, they were just rumours. Nothing anyone would have taken seriously. Or so she thinks. The lady is Claire Cohan. She is the wife of Harry Cohan. Few times a year, Harry lectures at Cardinal Citadel University in upstate New York. It is a place that Claire first met Harry and to where now she was turning for the first time. Many years she had in fact received word of possible accident at the university. While the message was serious, there was nothing in it that made her worry too much about Harry and remained unconcerned until she respectfully lost contact with him. As the train rolls on, Claire has a terrible feeling it shows on her face. She senses danger, but while looking round carefully, he sees no obvious logic in what she is feeling. Before leaving the train city, 
Individuals arriving on the train platform spread rumours of large explosions. It is that fires could be seen burning in the Griffin Valley. How strange! Fires burning in this kind of weather. Claire wonders. They must have been seeing things, or were they? The weather is really wild. It even caused mudslides. All roads are blocked by the mudslides. The only way in is by train. This, that seems very suspicious of her. She wonders if she might be riding into a trap. If I'm moving in the trap, then Harry is, always, is there already. She obsesses her mind and whispers with self-distress. Trap? What trap? Who would trap me? God, none of this makes any sense. Why, why hasn't Harry contacted me? Suddenly, so abruptly, that Claire is forced to grab the seat in front of her, desperately holding on tightly. The train attempts to screech into an emergency stop. There's a brilliant flash of light, then a tremendous explosion. The train begins to roll over on its side. Screams are heard from every direction. Claire screams. The sound of metal being bent and crushed surrounds her. Then there is nothing. A moment of stillness and total blackness. The train has lost all power. Without lights, Claire cannot even see her own hand in front of her. Desperate voices talk to one another while trying to move about total dark, in total darkness. Claire finds herself lying on what used to be the ceiling of the car. It is now its floor. People are moaning and crying. There are calls for help. Claire can not see anything. It's too dark. She struggles into her knees. She feels her arms and legs. I'm not hurt, she thinks. Almost too loud. There's a mass confusion around her. She feels alone. The floor and searches for direction to move in. Accidentally, she lays her hand on what's been one of the car's scene lights. She looks around uh, as best as she can and bends over and wishes to close the light. Her own lips nearly touch the light. She whispers, Solores. The lights in the car come on. People can see one another as they slowly and cautiously begin to stand up. Then the car begins to rotate from the motion of the people inside. Soon it rolls over to its side, patches scream as the car comes to rest on the next set of trail tracks. Now the ceiling, set of windows, the lights are part of one wall. The seats make up the other wall. Men try to open the car doors, but they are bent and will not move. Claire begins to move to her feet, and she looks around for a cloak. If she can find it, she can help. But she has to hide what she is up to, and she needs a cloak to do that. You see it hanging on one of the seats and quickly puts it on. Everyone is trapped, everything, something drastic has to be done. Claire pulls the hood of a cloak over her and turns her face to the wall. There's a flash of light that scares everyone. No one knows what just happened, where the flash had come from. Then Claire comes back. She's a long, thin broadsword in her hand that hums the slight glow. The sword shimmers and stunning to look at. It almost seems as if it's made of light. When she raises up, a woman begins to scream out of fear. Oh, shut up, you! Claire shouts at her with a very strong and distinct sound of island in her voice. She jumps upward and swings the sword. The emergency release on the window above. A window still inside the frame comes crashing down as Claire jumps out of the way. She slices the sports off. Several seat, car seats, with a wave of her hand, braces them. 
under the now open window. Once again she turns towards the wall and places the sword under a cloak. There's another flash and then she turns back. The sword is gone. Come, get on with it now. Get on with it now, Claire shouts desperately as she uses the sat seats to climb the top of the rail's car out the window. The rain pours down, the lightning flashes as she kneels at the top of the car, helping one person after another climb out from a distance. From the, from the, there's a noise. It repeats itself. Claire looks up, raising her hood above her eyes in the direction of the noise. Oh my God, Claire shouts with shock and fear. There's another train coming along the second track. He's heading right at them. Move, 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 Claire screams to the passengers of several men. Help each other, yelling at the same. There's an old couple walking along the bottom of the car, carrying their personal belongings. There's another train coming, Claire shouts at them. Get up, get out. Now the men who are helping stand up and run to save themselves. We're coming, the old woman shouts back, but she doesn't try to climb up. She's too busy shouting at the old man. Train is now too close. His headlight is blinding Claire. Shouts desperately, come on. Too late. Claire stands, runs and jumps off the far side of the car, leaping in the air as the trains collide. Tremendous explosion, a stupendous fireball. Follow Claire as he bounces down the side of the mountain, onto the access road below. There's several loud explosions. As a new train is pushed off one track onto the other, Claire rolls over and behind a large road boulder as fire and large pieces of train parts come raining down toward her, around her. Claire braces beneath the rock in sheer terror and prays. Then everything stops at the time Seems to stand still. There's something, nothing, nothing crashing down anymore. Only the endless sound of rain falling. Intermittent lightning interrupt. interrupt. A slight strange calm begins as Claire lies on the ground. Amidst the sight of the fires burning the sink of the fuel for the train engines. At first, she goes, does not move, her back and the legs are in pain. She looks up to clear. It's clear she's been at cut. She rain washes away, and away the blood as fast as she appears on her face. The rest of her cannot be seen behind the cloak. Shaking, Claire pushes herself onto her knees, and then rolls over her back against the rock. As she looks up, there lay the engine from one of the trains. Had she chosen the other side of the road, the seat cover, she would have been crushed. The rain is still heavy. Claire stares in a wondrous terror, a wreckage for quite a while, but she finally remembers it to blink. She looks down the railway access road. There's a unity lights once every fifty yards or so. The road back to the city is blocked by wreckage. Claire sits there for a while, with her head on her knees, and tries to think of what to do next. Looking about her, she sees no bodies. The train that faces her is the one that came from the other direction. There seems not, there, there does not seem to be any survivors. There doesn't seem to be anyone, as if there was no one driving the other train. This night is for hell on earth, she thinks. For whatever else might be going on, I'm certainly not, I'm not I have a clue what it might be. Claire feels pain, 
decides to stand, try standing anyway. Bracing against the rock, she lifts herself on her feet, standing for a moment. In a moment, she takes a step, but, and then another. The pain continues as she moves, but she's tolerating it. Those shaken, she's satisfied. With only money cuts and bruises, and believe it or not, the clothes she wears not only keeps her warm, dry, but also has ability to heal. Claire takes a step towards the other, the other side of the road. The light from the blazing wreckage, she can see up on the side of the mountain, and may to survive the fall. Clearly, however, the climb is too steep to return. Pause for a moment to look around. Claire does not see many options. The rain coming down is so hard that one can barely see utility lights. Claire turns north, gives the walk. At first she limps a bit, and 